0: Hello, podcast listeners. This is Charles Chandler. We've got some good things coming up in the coming weeks in the podcast. Thanks for being patient. I've been off uh, editing the book and uh, other things, but uh, we're going to get back to our schedule and have some new episodes before you know it. But this week, we're delving back into the archives, to episode number 13 on university management. That was uh, first aired in April of 2016. Enjoy. Welcome to the Age of Organizational Effectiveness. This is a podcast that explores stories about organizations and their performance. I'm your host, Charles Chandler. This is number 13 in our podcast series. This episode uh, continues the series on nonprofit and non-governmental organizations. Subjects of today's episode is What is an Effective University? And we'll be visiting Schreiner University in Kerrville, Texas, just west of San Antonio. I'm joined now by Dr. Mike Grillo, who's the Director of Institutional Effectiveness and an Assistant Professor at Schreiner University. We're just going to dive into our questions that we have for you today. We're on the campus of Schreiner University. How would you describe Schreiner to someone who's unfamiliar with it? Uh, Yes, I would uh, would basically describe
1: it as a small, religiously affiliated liberal arts school that uh, emphasizes teaching and student success. I think that this university definitely offers a more a hands-on, a more personalized uh, educational experience for students. I would actually argue that the uh, level of faculty-student interaction that students receive here is, is probably comparable to what you know, most would get in a graduate program, yeah. uh, which I think is a good thing.
0: And so, Shriner is not, just to be clear, is not associated with the Shriners, uh, which is uh, an organization that a lot of people are familiar with. There's a, a different background. To the Schreiner University.
1: Yes, the uh, the the campus, uh, the university was founded. Uh, well, initially uh, it was a military prep school, then evolved into uh, a college, and, and and then a university. But uh, it was it was basically founded by a gentleman named Charles Schreiner. And so that that is
0: where the, it was a big uh, cattle baron, I think, in the eighteen hundreds. Uh, yes, uh, a, a cattle baron, uh, a um, uh, you know,
1: a businessman, right. <laughs> very he, influential. He drove, in he drove
0: the cattle to the railheads up in the north, mm-hmm. where, the exactly. rail, where the railroads were uh, getting started. I, I think your office deals with the question of institutional effectiveness and Schreiner's accreditation with various agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how would you describe what you what do you do in your role here?
1: okay actually if uh, if I could for your listeners just provide a little bit of a background uh, about this process of accreditation. So I guess we know what you know we're talking about. So uh, basically um, all universities in the United States are accredited by one of six accrediting agencies, and those agencies are more or less set up regionally <clears throat> for a specific. Um, you know, geographic areas. And so we're a part of the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools, slash Commission on Colleges, uh, which basically um, is Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas, and Virginia. So we fall under, you know, SACS. And uh, basically, all of uh, these institutions set
0: up their principles of, of accreditation. And there's some relationship between these agencies, I think, and the Department of Education. Yes, yes. So
1: the Department of Education… That's the Federal Department. uh, Yes, uh, the Federal Department of Education, uh, you know, more or less has its, you know, various, you know, standards, which, uh, you know, which SACS, you know, has to kind of also, you know, incorporate into their standards to push you know, institutions to, you know, to meet. And there are also, you know, federal standards that, you know, every university has to follow, you know, if you want to receive, you know, federal, you know, student financial aid funds and also various, you know, grants available through the federal government that, you that you can receive. And so, you know, so basically this accreditation process is highly important. It, uh, you know, more or less will determine if you can survive as a, uh, you know, as, as an institution. And so um, pretty much to go through the process of accreditation, you have the accreditor and, and you know, it, it establishes its, its standards and, and so forth. And for, um, for SACS, um, every 10 years, we basically go through what is called the reaffirmation process. And so that uh, begins kind of with a self-study where we kind of do our own internal compliance audit to and write up a narrative about how we think we're fulfilling and, and meeting all of those uh, those standards. And then there is an on-site evaluation where they'll send peer reviewers from other, Uh, institutions, usually out of state, but from peer institutions. So, you know, we wouldn't have someone from an R1 like University of Florida coming to
0: peer review as it would also be from a smaller liberal arts school. Right. Like us. You mentioned this is once every 10 years. Yes. Uh, How far away are you from that? The next one?
1: Ah, yes. uh, 2019 (laughs) is, uh, you know, is our next next one. And actually, um, more recently, for a uh, an estab- uh, sorry a standard that has been established is that they have these um, five year uh, they're called uh, yeah, sorry oh man the, uh, <laughs> the name actually uh uh, uh slipping my mind uh, right now but basically it's it's a five year um, you know review that you know more or less so you a can do kind of midway yeah a midterm okay. that uh, you know it, it allows you to basically you know uh, try to Cut off any problems that you may have, you know, in the past before you go into the um, the decennial. We actually just completed that uh, last year, so right, yeah. And so far, we're in good shape going into <laughs> the ten. So
0: one reason I wanted to talk to you was because you deal specifically with institutional effectiveness, mm-hmm. and the subject of our podcast in, the, in yes. more general terms is all about organizational effectiveness. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how do you think about Institutional effectiveness within a university setting. If you go out and look at the literature that that I've looked at, there's really um, very little agreement on what is effectiveness within a university setting, uh, at least in terms of the the studies I've seen. How do you how do you think about it in in your role here? Okay, so the. I would say the the really simple
1: answer, you know, for this is, you know, an effective institution is one that is able to basically show that it's doing what it says it's doing. You know, all universities um, they have goals related to student learning and, and and so forth, and I think an effective university is one that can measure those goals and outcomes, and and basically, you know, demonstrate that, you know, students are indeed receiving the outcomes and, and achieving those outcomes, and, uh, you know, as well as kind of using evidence based off of, you know, that research to make decisions in terms of correcting any shortcomings or deficiencies, so it's um, amazing creating new think,
0: programs and so forth. You're thinking in terms of the goal model. Mm-hmm. Um, and that apparently is the way that the accreditation agency is also thinking about it.
1: Yes, yes, uh, which which does you know lock you in uh, you know a little bit. You know, at, at the end of the day, uh, you know it is uh, you know the accreditation is uh, uh, you know really what guides you know most of these things. So uh, you know you can kind of veer outside the box a little bit, but uh, you know not so much in terms of the reporting and meeting those standards and so forth.
0: Right. But in terms of your work, uh, what is it that we know for sure, and and what are we still learning about effectiveness within a university setting? Okay, well, that is actually, I would say,
1: a a difficult question <laughs> because um, you know all universities have varying goals, um, differing missions, and, and, and so forth, and universities do have quite a bit of flexibility from one institution to the next to establish programs and, and determine kind of how they're going to meet those goals, what those goals are. So, uh, you know, it's, it's very difficult to kind of, you know, uh, assess that kind of, you know, uh, across the board. I guess, uh, you know, what I can say if there's anything that, that we do know <laughs> is that uh, assessment is, uh, is not going away <laughs> in terms of the um, accreditors. Uh, it is, it is definitely, you know, here to stay, and I can, you know, see moving forward that the standards would probably become, uh, I would say, uh, you know, increasingly rigorous. And I think that schools moving forward are going to be um, increasingly held, uh, you know, to accountability. You know, which is obviously a uh, you know a good thing. Um, but I, I definitely don't see um, you know a, a loosening of the standards or right. uh, you know, becoming uh, you know more lenient as as we move forward. If anything, I suspect that they'll become. Even
0: more yeah. Rigorous. Well, the the problem with the goal model, as as you know, I'm sure, is that not all goals are created equal. Yes. Yes. Um, are there any guidelines that the accreditation agency offers in terms of how do you set goals, and what kinds of goals, uh, you know, are are useful?
1: Yes. That's a that's a great question. Now, and actually speaking to your question in regards to you know not all goals kind of, you know, being, uh, you know, created equal, there is a lot of flexibility, uh, in there, you know, for, you know, universities. Now there are, you know, specific comprehensive standards related to, uh, you know, you have to be, you know, you have to have degree granting, you know, programs, you have to have a, uh, you know, a board of trustees and a president and, you know, be financially, um, uh, you know, financially viable. You know, and so forth. These are kind of minimum. But, things yeah, these are kind of your minimum kind of core requirements that you have to have to yeah. play
0: to play in this environment.
1: Yes, to, to uh, you know to, to gain uh, you know accreditation, but actually, in terms of the institutional effectiveness and the you know uh, uh, assessment and academic programs and administrative units, actually have considerable freedom in terms of how they define their goals, how are they going to assess them and measure them and, and report on them and, and so forth. And so there there is quite a, a bit of freedom there. And my job as you know director of IE is you know more or less to make sure that all of the academic and administrative units on campus are just engaging in this process of you know assessment of you know, making sure that you know every year they're clearly defining their goals. They're collecting uh, the the data and, and evidence uh, that their goals are actually based off of things that can be <laughs> demonstrated with uh, you know with data. Um, and then also to offer any assistance in in terms of um, you know best practices or you know kind of helping them refine uh, you know things in in terms of their plans. I kind of help. Uh, I kind of look at my position as. Uh, you know, it's, it's not only just making sure that the trains are running on time, but also uh, you know, to, to really help uh, all of the units on campus um, you know, do the best job that they can and to, to put their best foot forward in terms of this process there.
0: Yeah. Well, universities, uh, by their nature, have a number of diverse departments that mm-hmm. uh, pursue the general concept of learning in different ways, using different concepts and different disciplines um how does that inform the job of determining institutional effectiveness okay yes very good uh very good question there so
1: at shriner i think we actually do a, uh, a very good job uh, you know of that in shriner's case we have a very clear mission statement from what i understand uh Not all universities, uh, you know, have that. And so in that mission, it it basically lays out seven broad learning outcomes. Uh, Analytic ability, aesthetic appreciation, communication, global perspective, civic engagement, personal and social responsibility, and and skill and resources. And so really the way that it's kind of, you know, worked out is that each major, each degree-granting program will focus on you know a few or more of those competencies through the perspective of their disciplines um, and which they measure and evaluate annually in their departmental assessment plans you know for their you know academic you know programs and so you know you may have so for example political science which is you know my department you know we touch on obviously civic engagement uh communication analytic ability in terms of the research skills that we teach students and and so forth. Um, You know, sciences uh, will obviously focus on, uh, you know, analytic ability, skill and resource use in some other, you know, areas. And so all of these degree programs kind of combined will definitely, um, you know, hit on all of those competencies. We've also designed, uh, recently redesigned our core curriculum at Schreiner, which all students have to take to basically um, be competency-based based off of those those seven you know areas and so you know students have to complete a certain number of credits in the core curriculum marked for each of those areas in the core curriculum to make sure that every student uh, that comes to the university touches on those those seven you know areas and there is an entire assessment process that was set up uh, you know for the core curriculum in terms of evaluating the courses that are in the core curriculum making sure that they're meeting the competencies and, uh, and so right. forth. When you talk about
0: these competencies, mm-hmm. the seven competencies, how do you verify that they are in fact taking place? Are these behaviors that you can look at in the student, or are they just things that are incorporated in the student's mind in a, in a sense? Yes, uh,
1: they are learning outcomes, and and so uh, they are learning outcomes that are measurable in. That can be measured in various artifacts, um, mainly, you know, coursework, you know, assignments. So it can be done through exams, uh, you know, research papers, um, you know, other types of, you know, presentations. Tests. Yes, tests and, and so forth. We definitely, we, we actually, we leave it at the discretion of the instructors to measure the competency in, you know, whatever way, you know, works for them, whether it's a research paper or an exam or a reaction paper or uh you know really you know what whatever you know we want and uh they we when it comes to um the assessment committee there's a committee of faculty that you know we've kind of trained to you know evaluate these um we have specific you know rubrics for each of the competencies kind of touching on you know each of each of these areas and so uh it's it's a blind review process in terms of you know, we rate the artifacts submitted by the uh, the faculty member, and, you know, we score them, we run inter-rater reliability checks, um, you know, look at the numbers, and, and we basically kind of show where, you know, the course stands relative to the competency. We can also offer feedback to faculty if, if it may be missing the mark in a particular aspect or area. And so it also helps the, the faculty members as well, you know, improve what they're doing in the classroom.
0: Well... When you think about those competencies um, and the way that you're testing what I always say about effectiveness is that it's about converting supply side intention mm-hmm. into demand side behavior uh, so it's about uptake adoption and use of what you're offering
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know you've got outputs on the supply side which would be your coursework your uh, you know, the whole university experience is an output Mm -hmm. in in some respects, Um, just the fact that students are enrolling and signing up and sitting through four years of work is one type of use of those outputs, basically. Mm -hmm. So at at one minimum, uh, it's it's about uh, students staying in the program, completing the program, um, and, you know, coming back for more, essentially. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Of course, a university is all about learning, and you hope that they're not just here for the good times it's they're they're learning something
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so the behavior the learning behaviors if you can test for those as you as you seem to be doing uh would be another aspect of uptake adoption and use mm-hmm. uh which which uh sounds fine um but overall, what is an effective university would you say? And how do you really recognize one when you see it? Okay, uh, I would
1: actually, I, I would, um, you know, I, I would go back to the, the very simple answer. You know, it's it's one that can basically, you know, demonstrate that it's doing what it says it's doing. Now, the longer, you know, answer, you know, of that, um, you know, would be if you want to look at it from the perspective of the accreditors. Well, you know that's very easy in terms of you know are its meet, you know is it meeting the core requirements and the comprehensive standards outlined you know by the accreditors. But I would say you know at at a deeper level, um, I think that th- there are a number of ways that you know that you can do this. I think that for me, a- an effective institution is one that clearly knows what its goals are. And, and have really kind of thought about what these goals are and have figured out ways to measure and and determine whether it is is meeting their goals in some you know uh, uh, you know empirical way but then you know also kind of taking you know this this information and that you know, they're collecting it's not just collecting data for its own sake but actually using the information that you're taking to really kind of take stock of, okay, where are we at as an institution? Um, you know, where are we strong? Where are the places perhaps where, you know, we're not as strong, um, you know, any areas that are lacking and, and really kind of, you know, using the information that you're collecting to make improvements uh, and, and alterations, you know, as as needed. And, and I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people when they're discussing uh, you know, uh, assessment. I, I, it's, it's normally, you know, okay. Well, you know, let's say an academic program. You know, they're meeting the goals. If they're not, and if they're not, then you know, it's, you got to take some punitive measure. You know, whatever. And, and I don't really think that that is, is what it's, it's about. I think that you know, an effective organization is, is just really from this academic, you know, perspective here is really just one that, you know. It doesn't have to be hitting the mark all the time, but it has to be able to tell when it's not and has to be able to, you know, identify that and take actions, you know, for improvement. And then that's always a, I think, a continual, you know, process. And, and that's really what, you know, the accreditors want to see. There's this term that they use that's called, you know, closing the loop, uh, you know, basically. What do,
0: they, what do they mean by closing the loop?
1: Yeah, closing the loop is, is this idea. So, you know, again, what I just said, you... Uh, you know, you identify your outcomes. You know, you 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 collect uh, the data. You do the research. You basically use the data to make decisions about you know what needs to be improved, uh, perhaps new programs, and, and and so forth. And so you're using this to basically identify deficiencies and then fix them, which is essentially you know closing you know the loop. And and this is obviously a, a continual. Uh, you know, process because obviously there's new, new programs, new policies, new challenges. You know, faced by by institutions. So it's it's this ongoing process, basically.
0: Yeah, I guess it's partly about telling your story, mm-hmm. having a narrative, and being able to document that narrative mm-hmm. with some facts and figures. For one thing, uh, sort of a scientific um, approach to yes. documenting the narrative. Um, what I worry about, I guess. Uh, is because we have accreditation agencies that have sort of institutionalized their standards mm-hmm. and their procedures on the one hand, that's sort of the practitioner view of it, mm-hmm. but over on the scholarly, scholarly side of things uh, in um, uh, academic circles, there's no agreement about what effectiveness is. Uh, so you could argue there's premature institutionalization over here in the, in the mm-hmm. practice side Whereas uh the scholars uh, have really not found a way to uh round out all the edges, all the problems that they have, uh in, in the gold model, for instance, or or any of the other models of effectiveness that are out there. Oh, and that's I mean you're 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 hitting on, you know, the, the kind of the age old
1: debates <laughs> you know, within uh you know, within academia. And, you know, and obviously, you know, you can definitely, you know, look, even within, you know, literature on, you know, institutional effectiveness, and this is kind of coming from higher ed research, you know, there are most certainly, you know, disagreements, you know, in terms of, you know, specific measurements, you know, how do we go about, you know, again, kind of demonstrating, you know, this, this effectiveness, you know, how do we do it in a way that we're not, Kind of boxing universities into kind of this cookie cutter model, you know, and so forth. And so, I would definitely say that that is, you know, that is a you know a debate there. You know, most most certainly, I'm not you know too familiar with kind of the organizational literature in terms of you know kind of private sector you know businesses and and so forth. You know, I you know do believe that you know universities and you know let's say you know private you know multinationals it's they're a bit different in in terms of you know their setups but uh i would say that yes you know uh, some of the um some of the things that you identify are definitely debates you know that that are out there and and things that need to be you know reconciled um and again on one hand you know there are some that say that you know the accreditation standards uh that there is a lot of kind of openness and kind of flexibility and an allowance for universities to kind of Chart their own way and kind of do things the way that they want to. Um, you know, there are others that would say, you know, it's it's increasingly restrictive, and so yeah, that that debate is definitely there.
0: Yeah, I think you would be, you know, Srinir would be compared to the NGO space, uh, where um, you know the model is not so much about profit or anything. Uh, but it's about uh, demonstrating to donors that effectiveness uh, is present so that they're able to receive additional uh, inputs from their donors. Uh, Of course, Schreiner is a private university. It's 501C, if I'm not... It is. You're correct, yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not-for-profit, and there are some donors, but there's also uh, fee-for-service from the students. Mm -hmm. So you have a number of revenue streams, but I would I would place you probably in the NGO space uh, more than the the business space.
1: I, I would uh, yeah I would say that that is um, you know that is safe and you know obviously I mean while you know um, uh, you know while while donors are important really to any university I mean even your public uh, you know universities you know your University of Texas and and, and any right. of those but mostly it's about that. endowments
0: rather than operating expenses.
1: Right. Yes yes, yeah. um, but no, we have um you know pretty much uh you know the the operating expenses um you know here as far as my knowledge is is really based off of you know the tuition and uh you know that uh you know that that revenue stream where um, you know so in that sense there's definitely a um, you know it's an enrollment you know, driven yeah and uh, in endowments, no, model, so like many schools delmonts
0: may fund certain chairs in certain departments um which which is an expensive proposition and mm-hmm. supplements professors' salaries and things. Um. Uh, yeah, it, can, it can be used. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's used for certain things.
1: Um, you know, given that that is not my area, I mean, I couldn't tell you these specific things that, uh, you know, that those funds, you know, would be, um, uh, you know, used for. But, uh, you know, from, you know, what I do know, um, you know, vast majority of the salaries and operating expenses and budgets and everything pretty much comes from... Uh,
0: you know tuition and right well <clears throat> is there anything about uh organizational effectiveness and and institutional effectiveness that we haven't covered that you might want to um, leave us with as we wrap up here
1: um i'm uh i i think i think we covered uh i think we covered uh probably um you know all of the uh you know the major you know areas uh it, i guess the the, the final thing that, you know, I would say is, um, you know, I think that what, what good institutions do, and I think uh, one, you know, something that we are doing, you know, here at Schreiner is, um, you know, you have all of your various academic programs, you have your administrative and educational support services and, and, and so forth. And, you know, what we try to do in terms of these individual units crafting their, individual goals and assessment plans and and all that is that we always kind of encourage them to kind of tie it into the larger goals of the university and kind of show how, you know, we're contributing to that um, so that we can kind of show that there is this, uh, you know, this kind of understanding, this continuity that we are all, uh, you know, essentially working towards these larger institutional goals, uh, you know, albeit through in the academic sense different perspectives of our disciplines, um, or in the administrative, you know, sense, you know, focusing on specific, you know, goals, you know, within the university. You know, obviously no single office can really fulfill all of those goals. Uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, everyone doing, you know, their part and uh, you know, kind of works towards, you know, the mission in the aggregate.
0: Yeah. Well it's an interesting uh, you know, job that you have I think Uh, being kind of on the inside track in a university trying to figure out what is institutional effectiveness and then kind of guide others in the institution to work toward that Uh, but thanks very much for being with us today mike it's been a pleasure and uh, thank you thank you for having me great well that about wraps up our episode for this week this has been episode number 13 in our podcast series Join us again next week when we again explore a story about an organization and its performance. You can access all of our podcasts at our website, ageofoe.com. Until next week, so long.